Hello, everybody, and welcome back to T's and TDs. I'm David Kaplan. We are post TPC Scottsdale, the WM Open. We'll talk about that for just a minute here with our guest, and then we will sort of get into what we're looking at and looking forward to as we head to Riviera for the Genesis Invitational. It should be an awesome tournament. All of the top 10 players in the world are playing in this field, a very difficult field. And uh, some names that that always kind of pop at this at this venue, so it'll be interesting and fun to talk about with Brad Lewis. If you remember Brad, uh, we had him on a couple of weeks ago for our season preview contest or, or podcast, I should say. And Brad, as one of the names that he gave out of somebody he's excited about, uh, talked a little bit about Scotty Scheffler. So, Brad. First of all, welcome back. You're our first repeat golf guest. So mazel tov on that. Uh, and second of all, congrats on the Scotty win. How are you and how are you feeling about Scotty's first big W on the tour? David, it's great to be back. I wasn't expecting to be back so soon. And I think the main reason, the impetus for this has to be Scotty winning, winning. Part I mean, of the reason for sure. Absolutely. Well, Sure. But, you know, back in January, um, five weeks ago, I said, look out for Scotty before the Masters to win a tournament or two. And here we go. So I'm very excited for him. He deserves it. He was probably the last player on my list. Maybe Zella Torres is up there as you know, someone who has so much potential. We've seen it day in and day out and just hadn't couldn't. Uh, converted that into a win. And so very happy for him. What an awesome four days of golf. Great field. You know, usually the field there is so, so the Riviera, you know, Genesis is a lot, usually a lot better, but we had a lot of people go for the first time. Cantlay, of course, and the playoff was there. So it was a great time. Uh, and always crazy just seeing the fans and, and, and the hole in ones. I mean, how about Sam Ryder? I mean, that whole experience what a moment. with him was was crazy. And that was a beautiful shot. I mean, that was pure. <laughs> it was so. hole in one. So I, uh, but yeah. I mean, sometimes it bounces in. You know, the <laughs> one point. the day after with Carlos Ortiz, great shot, but yeah. No, Riders was cool. You figured it was a matter of time, and then there's none on Monday, on Thursday and Friday, and then that happens on Saturday. I was excited watching the broadcast, and and clearly it was uh, it was an awesome moment. I'm thinking that the uh, leadership of the tournament is going to want to do something about heavy beer cans being catapulted onto the the playing surface. I yeah. am thinking that Patrick Cantlay's putt on 16 on Sunday could have been impacted by one of those cans. It took a weird hop uh, on the way, who knows, but uh, <laughs> there's certainly a fun way to do this. I'm, I'm not convinced that what was happening was the safest, but that tournament's gotten better every year. And I have to imagine that'll be one of the things that they do to, to continue. I was, I was happy to see that there was no storming of the 18th fairway. So they at least, yeah. had enough security around for that to, to not happen. I mean, it's awesome when it happened with Tiger at Eastlake, but you know, we already have 16. Let's just see some golf. And of course with three playoff holes playing that hole four times, that would have been chaos. Absolutely. And uh, I, I have to tell you, uh, you know, this podcast so it was, was smart on their part to do that. At least this podcast was very adamant about Scotty Scheffler being the winner. And uh, we gave that out. And obviously that hit. And, uh, so, so we're feeling pretty good about, 
about that. Uh, getting, getting the winner right two weeks in a row is certainly going to be a challenge, but Lord knows we'll try. And there are some names we'll that I that. have that you have that, uh, will will make it work. So shifting gears to, to Riviera, uh, just a little bit here, as we mentioned, all of the top 10 players in the world will be in this field. It is a stacked field. It is a field that typically produces a pretty good winner, a name that we recognize. However, there have been a couple of names that have been long odds the last couple of years that have wound up winning. Max Homa was 50 to one. That's certainly in the realm of something you'd feel comfortable betting, but we've seen JB Holmes. We have seen James Hahn. These are just longer shot guys that, that wound up winning. So this, this tournament can produce some, some funky winners, but all part of the allure is it is an incredibly strong field. The, course itself is widely regarded. It's one that when you hear tour players talk about it, they talk a little bit differently. Uh, It's a classic sort of American design course. They uh, there's some elevation changes. There's a lot of bunkering. That's incredibly deep, very close to the green. Uh, The the fairways are relatively narrow. So it really is a true test of golf. And, and it's why we typically see a lot of guys who, who are pretty successful, make their way to the top. There's an angle that I'm going with that. I will talk about, uh, as well here shortly, but I'll, uh, I'll sort of let you lead off, uh, kind of what you're thinking big picture. And, uh, we will, we'll take a name or two that you like Brad. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't a ton of notice, so I had to familiarize myself with the course. So of course I, I took out the PGA 2k, uh, and played Riviera a couple of times couple holes that really st- stick out after going and playing and, and remembering now it's six, the par three with the bunker and seeing, you know, you, you, you landing on the green, the pins above the hole, you have to chip to get over it. Always find that one, a fun hole. And then 10, I, I always remember like, I, for some reason, Justin Thomas on the 10th hole always sticks out to me. It's a reachable par four, but if you get into a situation there where you're, out of position, it could easily turn from a birdie hole to, you know, five or higher. So those are the two holes that I was like, oh yeah, this is why I like this tournament so much. And of course, all those trees without the the leaves on them. I don't remember what type of trees, but it's a very ominous, but very cool characteristic of the course. 10 is, uh, 10 is, 10 is, uh, the short four and, uh, it's a fun hole. It really is. Uh, I uh, you go birdie, birdie, eagle, birdie, birdie to start or eagle, eagle, eagle. If you're starting the back, back nine, at, uh, you know, yeah. Thursday, Friday. And one's, so, one's a big eagle hole too. One's the easiest yeah. hole on the course. And it's a, one of the three par fives. And we'll talk about par five scoring as well here uh, in just a second. So um, for sure. All right. So walk, oh, give me, give me a name or two, or did you finish your sort of analysis of the course that you wanted to, uh, <laughs> to talk about so no, i mean it's 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 fine i mean i i saw a ton of uh elevated greens mm-hmm. on the front nine mm-hmm. a lot of bowls you know around so if you're not precise with your irons i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a chipping battle right and so some and, and, and putting really can you save par because it seems like statistically saving pars you know avoiding bo- bogey avoidance you know, that has been a really important statistic. 
we're 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 on the same page here, Brad. And uh, <laughs> I I didn't even get my chance to to sort of talk about sort of the statistical model that I kind of built here. But what you're saying, and when I say built, I mean plugged weights into uh, Rick Gaiman at RickRunga.com's model and spit out a couple of uh, names for me. But what you're talking about with the the short game being an incredibly important element of this course is something that I absolutely factored in as well. When I came up with this, uh, golf betting system, uh, a podcast that I listened to, they're based in Europe. Interesting nugget from them. Max Homa won this tournament at, I believe he got to the playoff at 11 under he was 11 under on the par fives by themselves in his, in the tournament last year. So these three par fives are gettable. And you got to get them in order to do it uh, and and put your name in contention. So that was a, a good, interesting nugget that I got just from kind of gathering everything uh, this week. So let's get into some names. Give me give me one. We'll go back and forth uh, here and uh, let, let's let's hop into it. OK, I'm going to start off with someone who's a little bit older. Uh, I think that's a. Uh, Age last, is actually a factor. The last, fifth, the last, I think, 15 winners have all been 29 or older. Yeah. Yeah. So Paul Casey's a name that sticks out. A lot of statistical categories. You know, he's in the top 20, putting around the green, driving accuracy, just a solid player. And I think, you know, if the putter is, you know, what it is, what, what he usually, uh, you know, can, how he can usually putt will be in good shape. I, I could see him having a very nice, uh, you know, tournament. Absolutely. Paul Casey, a name you definitely have to like uh, for sure. He's one that, that definitely pops up in a couple of the models and I'm looking it up right now. And Casey is 60 to one. So for the profile that we're seeing uh, certainly a guy that, that I agree. And, and he's typically, and, and he's been pretty good with his irons so far this year and the accuracy off the tee certainly makes this a good course fit for him. So I completely agree with you there. Uh, the first name I jumped to a little higher up on the board, a guy who's won already this year, and that's Cameron Smith. Uh, the top twenties, uh, in this tournament, typically feature an Australian guy. I really like Cam Smith. I really like Mark Leishman. I I think both of those guys could have could have really good tournaments and they're good fits. And they've had a little bit of success at this course before. Um, he Smith is an incredible putter. 10 feet and inside. He clearly put extraordinarily well on Poa greens when he won the century tournament of champion. And, uh, he has a little bit of history here. He, uh, 29th, sixth, 49th missed cut. And then he finished fourth last year when Homa beat Finau in the playoff, which was a devastating afternoon for me. Nothing against Max Homa, but this is a pro Tony Finau podcast. Cam Smith also in pretty good form. He missed the cut at the Sony, um, a couple uh, the the week after he won uh, the Century Tournament of Champions, but he's in good form now. He finished tied fourth at the last tournament that he played in at the Saudi. So I, I really feel like uh, Cam Smith is a short game specialist that can prove that he can beat really good fields. Obviously, it was a limited field in Hawaii the first uh, tournament of the the calendar year, but. He's a guy that feels like at 22 to one could, could really have a good, he's, he, his reputation is that he's errant off the tee. His win at century 
you could go anywhere because the fairways are so wide. Here, the fairways are so narrow that that there's a theory that getting uh, that off the tee, you, you need to be have a little bit of distance, but it doesn't necessarily matter because the rough isn't super penal and the fairways are tough to hit. So he's just a guy that I I, I really like at twenty two to one that I'll I'll be I'll be pretty pretty heavy on. Any other names for you? I like the Aussie picks. Mark Leishman was a name that I like too. Um, I guess we'll, we'll stay, we'll stay out of the United States. And my next pick will be the Canadian Mackenzie Hughes. Mm, that's deep down the board. Deep Walk me through that one. No, I could have gone with, I could have gone with Rom. I could have gone Rory. We're going to throw out a name there. Maybe a top 20, top 30 Love kind it. of a guy. Very solid with the putter. Good around the greens. You know, I think he's 19th around the greens, fourth in putting so far this season. He's made all this, uh, all cuts except for one. So he's coming in, playing pretty well right now. He hasn't played a ton since the calendar year started, but you know, he's someone who last year, I believe he was in the, uh, the top 30. So uh, maybe there'll, there'll be some noise from, from the Canadian Hughes uh, this weekend. He's certainly shown a, shown, a, shown a propensity to play well in difficult tournaments and, and, uh, tough fields. He certainly popped, I believe in the U S open at Torrey Pines, uh, last year. Um, I, I feel like he, he, he can be a big game hunter and, uh, we haven't seen his name too high up on a lot of leaderboards so far this year, but certainly, certainly I think plays well on, on traditionally difficult courses. So this would certainly fit that bill. And I definitely, Definitely like that as well. Uh, since we're we're, we're going to keep our international flavor going here, um, Matt Fitzpatrick at thirty three to one is another guy who I believe is is slightly the odds should be a little worse on him. I think thirty three to one is is a really good value. He has a thirtieth place finish. He finished fifth at this course last year. Uh, I think when we consider his current form, he finished sixth at Pebble Beach at the Pro Am. He finished tenth last week. He gains a lot on Poana greens. He did a good job strokes gained around the green, um, at, uh, Pebble beach, uh, just a really strong putter, pretty good iron player, not the longest off the tee. However, this is sort of a plotter's golf course where you need to be incredibly accurate with your irons. And, and as you mentioned, be able to, to clean up around the greens when you do get yourself into trouble. And, and he's a guy that I, that I really like, uh, as well this week, just in terms of ball striking, we, we talk about win equity. Can he win this tournament? I think so. That said, you know, it, it's going to be a Matt Fitzpatrick bursts onto the scene type of situation. I, you know, nobody uh, is living in a world where they're going to kind of pick Fitzpatrick, I think, to, to win it and believe it because he hasn't won stateside. But he's 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 performed well on the European tour. He's got a couple wins over there. And I think his form right now is one that we shouldn't overlook. And and he's also just a specialist on really difficult courses as well. And it's because his short game saves him. So if he does what he needs to do with the other parts of his game and put himself in good positions, then then he's a guy that I that I really like to be able to win. Okay. <laughs> what uh, so 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 I've been really kind of playing around there. There's some chatter about this in like the golf Twitter world, but just sort of playing around with this and, and people smarter than I with, with the numbers would be able to more directly draw this correlation, but th this is a difficult course. The winning score is usually uh, hovers in the, it doesn't quite get to the bar mitzvah. Sometimes it's right around 13, but uh, usually hangs out right around there. And I, I bought mitzvah. 
or bat mitzvah, <laughs> b'nai mitzvah as well. I really uh, sort of just wanted to look at the correlation between Augusta and here, just from a pure Augusta, Augusta is, I think, a little bit less demanding off the tee, but from a creativity, being able to hit all sorts of shots and shapes of shots and be really good around fast greens that have a lot of undulations. I just really feel like there's, there's a, at least a loose correlation that we can draw there. When you look at some of the people who have had success at Riviera, they've had success in Augusta and vice versa. So I just want to tick through a couple of the masters winners and, and walk you through some of their finishes at Riviera really quickly. And I promise we'll, we'll wrap up here and get to this, but um, Hideki wins last year at the masters, his Riviera finishes 23rd, 4th, 11th, 9th, 5th, Dustin Johnson won the masters in the November masters. He is a stud at Riviera second, second, fourth win 16th, 9th, 10th, 8th, just top 10s all over the place for DJ tiger. Didn't play this tournament between 07 and 18 famously has never won at Riviera, even though it's one of the first tournaments he ever played as an amateur, but he has three top tens here. So certainly something to keep in touch there. Uh, keep in mind there. Patrick Reed has made the cut the two times that he's played Riviera. I believe he has a couple of missed cuts. So now that I'm thinking about that, but 59th, 51st, not incredible performances, but Reed, certainly a guy Sergio 13th, 4th, 49th, 37th, 37th. I skipped over Danny Willett because he's not in this field. Spieth, 12th, 4th, 22nd, 9th, 51st, 59th, 15th at Riviera. So just kind of gives you an idea of, of the people who do well at the Masters uh, typically have uh, do well at Riviera. And then just as we rewind, Bubba's won this tournament three times and he has a win at the Masters. Um, Max Homa, short history at the masters 61st and a cut Adam Scott. I Adam Scott is a stud at Augusta and he won this tournament in 2020. So again, not the, the most heavily correlated, but I do think there is sort of a, uh, a thing that you can draw there where if there's a guy that you typically like at the masters uh, they, they might have some success at Riviera. So I'm not giving any names out based on that. Obviously Adam Scott could win this again. He's in good form. Obviously Bubba's won this tournament multiple times. DJ has won this tournament as well. They're guys with good course histories here. And that's something that I think you could put a little bit of value in. So, uh, I have a couple of quote unquote auto bets that I, I just feel like the, where, where the odds are, uh, that there are things that we need to consider. And I also looked at these guys, um, masters finishes as well but really quickly do you have any other names besides the two that you've given before i sort of give some of these auto bets that i really like and then we'll get out of here uh i like that comparison a lot actually i think it won't be surprising to see a matsuyama a xander cantlay you know competing at the top here rom of course will be up there mm -hmm. i think it'll be nice to see rory compete again in, in the u.s so I mean, those are some names. And then the last name is going to be the newly um, anointed resident of California, Francisco Molinari. He is. He's um, on my audit. He's on my auto bet list. He's on my auto bet list. Yes. Go. So yeah. He's a fun name to, uh, you know, to throw out there. Uh, yeah. He's he popped. Now a lot of course knowledge. So. And Lots of course well knowledge has played it 
did well at the masters. Uh, he's 120 to one, absolutely a dart throw that I love, uh, mm-hmm. as one of my auto bets. So we're, we're on the same page there. Uh, he does have a miscut here, but he also has an eighth place finish. So, uh, he, he has a little bit of history here, uh, which we like, um, it's been said, I'm not the first guy saying this. Anytime there's a two in front of Rory's name in terms of odds, 20 or better, I just think you have to bet him. Uh, he, he's in much better form. Last year, he missed the cut. And if you remember, he gave that soundbite about how he was trying to chase mm-hmm. speed and distance like Bryson. He wasn't in great form when he missed that cut last year. But the years before that, fifth, fourth, and 20th. So he's a guy who is playing a little bit better a lot bit better compared to last year. And at 20 to one, it's like, I just feel like you have to, um, the other guys that were auto bets for me, I was went somewhere where I was able to place an 80 to one bet on this FanDuel has Patrick Reed at 65 to one. So I, I shopped around and got a little bit better odds. Nobody is better around the green uh, in California on courses like this than Patrick Reed. He's had an equipment change to PXG. That always makes me anxious guys getting used to that. Clearly, I guess it didn't impact Brooks too much, uh, last week, but, um, you know, Justin Rose is famously taken a long time to get used to some equipment changes. Rom, it took a, a, a month or two, but now that he's a Callaway guy. So, so that's something I definitely keep in mind. However, Patrick Reed elite short game, I, I just, there's a, there's a, a world where, where he, he gets it done in, in WGCs. He's got a couple wins, WGCs. Uh, so, so stacked fields. And I certainly uh, really like Patrick Reed uh, and, and he's a guy that, that could miss the cut, but he could also win this thing. And he hasn't been in the best form the last little bit, but, uh, and obviously a guy, when you talk about the master's correlation uh, that's there as well. The last one guy who's never played this tournament uh, has a a 38th and a 40th place finished at Augusta. A guy that I really like is Christian Bezadenhut and at 90 to one, another guy with an elite short game rolls the rock incredibly well, might not think he can win this thing, but he's a guy that's going to have pretty good odds to, uh, to top 20 or top 30. That'll be plus odds that I, I will absolutely spend um, a little bit of time uh, and, and, a small amount of capital <laughs> going after. So uh, top 20 for Bezaden Hoot is plus 410. Um, so if you wanted to go plus 30 or plus 40 uh, further down, you get uh, worse odds, but uh, to, to play a little safer if you want. Molinari to top 20 is plus 490 as well. So uh, that there's good value there um, on that. And then the last guy, and, and I'm not making this, pick that this wasn't one that I originally had written down, but I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about Xander and Xander's getting a reputation for not being able to win. He hasn't won on the tour in three years. Say what you will, you know, Olympic gold medal, awesome accomplishment. Um, I love him. And, uh, he, he has the skills and he seems to have the form right now that at 25 to one, with the all around game that he has in the distance off the tee and the fact that everything sort of feels like it's going pretty well for him right now. He's a guy I really, really, really like can't pick him in a one and done pool that I'm in because, uh, I, I, I burned him at Tory pines, uh, hometown pick there, but he is definitely 
it feels like this could be the week where he gets it done. And I'm excited to see what Xander Xander puts up. So you, you mentioned the elite guys that you really like, and he's one, I think here that I I'm, I'm pretty excited about. And at 25 to one, it feels like, feels like a, a good time to hop on. So any final thoughts about Riviera, any final thoughts about life that you want to share with me? Well, I have been a, uh, you know, a constant listener of the podcast now, personally, not making these bets, but love to hear your analysis. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of, uh, you know, the golf side. And yeah, I'll give you a winner. I'll give you John Rom. <laughs> He's the favorite. No value there. But I just, when I was playing today, I was like, man, John Rom's going to eat this course alive. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think he'll win it. But, you know, I like those other names that we threw out today. You know, it's funny that you say that because it's like, there's a lot of chatter in the like analytics community about Rom because he keeps putting these amazing performances up and he's, he's elite and he's, I mean, have the debate about him and can't lay about who's the best player in the world right now. But, um, you know, this could be the week where he just does it and he blows the field out by five strokes and calls it a day. And, and, you know, if it's the most demanding test of, of who's the best in all facets of the game, then maybe this is the week that Rom actually gets it done. And look, Cantlay's Cantlay's at 12 to one. That's a tough bet to make, but he's been so good. Both of them have been so good. You know, this, this, this 2022, this calendar year thus far. So, um, and, and just looking at some of the other top names here, you know, JT, I still don't love his putting right now. He's so elite with his irons and, and everywhere else. He turned little- it on the last few, you know, back nine. Really did. Uh, it's just, you just want to see him, you know, put that together for four rounds because the talent is so there and he's just so fun to watch. And I love rooting for that guy. Uh, DJ has the course history here, but you just never know what kind of form he's in, yeah. but clearly he's comfortable here. Morikawa, not the best putter on POA, uh, not the best around the green game, but that's where it's like, well, where does, how do you measure around the green when he hits the green uh, in regulation as often as he does. Uh, we talked about Rory. We talked about Hideki, Xander, Cam Smith. Uh, Hovland doesn't have the around the green game. Scotty, can he win two weeks in a row? Zalatoris, do you trust him putting? Brooks is so erratic and tough to bet on. Sam, but you know, so we, those are the top guys. It's like you could pick holes in all of them, but uh, of course. What do you think? I just, I just named them all so that when one, one of yeah, them, I know, I of course you forgot Sung JM. I mean, you forgot. You yeah, forgot. that's what I'm saying. It's a great field. This will be, this might as well be a major. It's awesome. I'm really, so really what do you really think? The, what do you think the cut's going to be? Oh boy. Tough to know without looking at the forecast. Cause wind could certainly, uh, play no, no real issues with weather. It's yeah. going to be a little cold in the morning, but looks like it's going to be low sixties to mid sixties. I did see the course, cloudy. the course got like a little hail today, which was interesting. It, it, it's going to be fine by, by Thursday. So, yeah. It'll definitely be dried out, but just, uh, in terms of getting some water on there, gosh, if you, if you forced me to guess and, and I don't know what it was last year, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking even par last year, it was even last year. I was going to yeah. say we're living, we're living in a world where it's, where it's in the plus one plus two category. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't see, I mean, even at the waste management, the line it, bigger field, a little bit bigger field, but the, 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 the cut line was minus two there. So yeah, you got to think it's even or plus one. So this could be just a real test and, and it's going to be a lot. And that's of why they, watch. that's why they're all there. I mean, this is a big purse mm-hmm. tigers tournament. It'll be fun to see tiger getting interviewed, you know, talking about potential comebacks and, just kind of being the ambassador that he is now to the game. 
but um, yeah, I think we, know. I think we get a press conference from him tomorrow if I read uh, correctly. So oh. clearly somebody's going to ask about his health. A little update. See what kind of breadcrumbs we get from him. So <laughs> Brad Lewis, thank you. Thank you. This was great. I uh, appreciate it. We'll have you on again soon. Everybody, thanks for listening to T's and TDs. We uh, are going to start kind of navigating the post Super Bowl, uh, entering the golf world world, but uh, it, it'll be fun and exciting. And thank you all for joining for the ride, Brad Lewis. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on T's and TDs. <laughs>